Can you re- refresh me on this indie rock story of the early 10s? Dude, it was legendary. Yeah, so basically, you know, there were a lot of sites for people to illegally download uh, albums. And um, on many of them, there was a copy of Best Coast album. Was it self-titled? It was crazy, crazy... Crazy, crazy for, for you. you. Crazy for you. It was yeah. the best coast. And it, it was this was best, like a leak. Like this was yeah, before the record it was, was out. It was, out a it was couple before weeks the record was out. Yeah, yeah for sure. Back also, it had to be to crazy happen. for you. It's the best coast. Re- it was the first best coast record where every rhyme was crazy and lazy. That's, so yeah, every song had at least one. You'd get the first. You get the first three to ten seconds of a song, and th- so it'd be like. I wish you were my boyfriend. I wish you were my boyfriend or whatever. And then it would just go. And then it would go, go into a very classic Seinfeld bit where it'd be like, it was, it was, I don't want to be a pirate or, you know, whatever. The like audio from the DVD menus. If you got like an ep- <laughs> a season of Seinfeld, it was like before you hit play on those DVDs. That's what the audio was from. And it would just play that. Instead of the song, and then you'd go to the next song, and it would sound like it was just the start of a Best Coast song, and then it was another <laughs> Seinfeld TV menu. I can't do anything without you. Well, I wouldn't hear of it. I said, "Nice try, Granny," and I sent it to the back of the line. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Newman. <laughs> Hello, Jerry. Hey, this yogurt is really something, huh? And it's non-fat! I've been waiting for something like this my whole life, and it's finally here! <laughs> Do you guys have any favorite Seinfeld fan theories? <laughs> I, was reading, I was reading about Seinfeld fan theories. Um, Tell there me were a all couple, about There this. were a couple that made perfect sense. Namely, uh, Jerry Seinfeld is a touring comedian, so the reason that they're always over at his house is because he's back in town, so they're hanging out, because it's like, oh, you're back in town. Cool. We want to see you (laughs) while you're in town. uh, That's fun. I didn't, as the person whose house has often been the hangout spot, I didn't think anything of it, Yeah, but I mean, others, I can see that being The biggest one I think that ever people tend to believe is Kramer is a drug dealer. Of course. Of course. That's Bob Sacamano. Like his, unwillingly, uh, I would imagine. Like unwittingly, I could imagine Kramer yeah. doing that. I was reading about Bob Sacamano <laughs> earlier, and the <laughs> the thing I never realized it's like obviously, yeah, he never appears uh, because it got built up too much. But I never had heard the line because uh, Jerry's like, "How come I never meet any of these friends of yours?" And he goes, "They're always asking how come they never met you." And I just really like the idea of like an alternate show called like Sakamano that is still Kramer also in, but no matter how many times I turn on Sacramento in Chicago, I think Bob Sacramento every single time. The Sacramento Kings. <laughs> I I really appreciate when shows commit to the like we can't do anything with this joke. We just have to like g- continue it in the way. Yeah, we just um, we have to give Bob Sacramento rabies, but if you meet him, that's no longer funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and it's the Maris on um, yeah, yeah. Frazier as well. I was trying to think one of the few shows I think and that has pulled off this joke of like you know turning some hidden thing into a joke is oddly New Girl, which I probably mentioned before in the reveal of the character Schmidt's first name. 
because it's just this long-running joke that he never uses it, and he's not allowed to use it. And then in the final season, they reveal it's just because it's Winston, which is one of the other main characters' names. <laughs> <laughs> so they just don't they don't call him by that to not to avoid the confusion. Anyone got any non-Seinfeld stuff to chat about? Uh, ease us in. I know it's been mm. a whole 48 hours since yeah. we've done this. The shortest. Um... I saw the Batman. Liked the Batman. Steve and I agree with your assessment uh, of the Batman. Oh, wow. That's a shock. Well, you don't remember the assessment. What did I say? That Zoe Kravitz, you, don't, you can't be hotter than Zoe Kravitz is <laughs> yes, in the movie? Yes, uh, that was actually the, your assessment, yes. Yeah. It is absurd. Damn. Which is weird. In the movie with Colin Farrell, she's the hottest one. Well, it's on, unfortunately, it's because he's uh, doing a James Gandolfini impression the whole yeah. movie under layers yeah. and layers of, of Richard of, kind co- of makeup. makeup to the point oh. where... <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely can't even tell that it's him at all. On the first day of shooting, Jeffrey Wright didn't know it was him. There's this large guy with an Irish accent come over, comes over and is like, hey, Jeff. And then he's like, what? Oh, Colin! <laughs> is there a more handsome actor that loves to get ugly for movies more than Colin? No. Like, he saw Charlize no. Theron win an Oscar for Monster, and he was like, what if I did that every movie? Well, it's the thing is, is because he's beautiful and he's breathtaking, but he's a little freak, and so he's yeah. like, I can't. They won't let me be a freak in movies unless I look like a freak. Right. I gotta, I gotta do this, you know, because he's he's stunning. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. If you, I've had a lot of conversations um, about his sex tape in the past couple of weeks. We've <laughs> talked about it on this podcast before. I know. It comes up in life. It's an important <laughs> moment when he shouted, "You're my breakfast, lunch, and fucking dinner." <laughs> And he was also dressed as bullseye. (laughs) That was that period (laughs) of this. The goatee and all that. A good movie. I Uh, enjoyed it. Uh, Score was great. I don't know. The fact that Michael Giacchino, though, is like, I'm going to make some really great music, but I'm going to name it like, the song will be called Highway to the Anger Zone. You'll be like, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Michael. No, that's that's awesome. (laughs) And he's just like, listen, it's a film score. Only the nerds are going to learn the names. Nobody needs to know. Everyone else is going to be like, oh, the song during the car chase. Yeah. He fucking rocks. He's so good. One of the leading, one of the most talented figures of our time. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to uh, prematurely give him the Oscar next year, and I hope that Johnny Greenwood wins one this year. And we get, I don't think they're doing score during the broadcast, which is a shame because I would love to watch Johnny Greenwood speak to the Oscar, speak at the Oscars. Can you uh, give your speech facing away from the audience? <laughs> Did Sia been. ever win a Grammy? Maybe. I imagine she did. Uh, well, I mean, listen, we're still holding out hope that um, music, Sia's music, <laughs> can win <laughs> fan favorite at the Oscars. <laughs> did anyone see it? Uh, I, I, did anyone I wanted to on watch the it planet with people. see it? I've thought about it just out of <laughs> I, morbid yeah. curiosity. I need, yeah. a, I need an audience. I need. I, yeah, I can't do that about yourself. Audience is the wrong word. I need an audience. I should. <laughs> I need someone to hear my riffs. <laughs> yeah. I no, need somebody. I, I need somebody to watch me watch this. Yeah. I need. I need a. I need a bunch of people that I've taken cap- captive and I've duct taped to chairs, and they're like, "What is this sinister plot?" And then I put on Sia's music. I just need someone and to spot they, me while I'm doing that, in case there's any adverse effects. There will be, most assuredly. <laughs> there will be many adverse effects to you. To your loved ones. It's the tape from The Ring, right? Well, you know, Maddie Ziegler crawls out of your TV. Yeah. Do you know who didn't appear in Seinfeld, but does appear in music? Henry Rollins? Henry Rollins. What? <laughs> so I'm sorry that we can't update you on the fact that Henry Rollins, you know, we can't let you know that Henry Rollins appeared in 
uh, in Seinfeld, but we can let you know that he played the na- Leslie Odom Jr.'s neighbor in Sia's Music. That's. A, I feel uh, like if you had told me he was in Storm Chasers, that would have been less weird than him being <laughs> in music. Yeah, it's a weird choice. I was like looking to see if there was anyone who appeared in both. I don't know. I feel like Hector Alizondo. Did Hector Alizondo ever appear in Seinfeld? Uh, probably not. They did do a crossover with something on NBC, but not um, Chicago Hope. Instead of instead of doing this, why don't we just have an argument about like a meaningless thing that we're all overthinking instead of doing a segue? Okay. Yeah. Let's I mean, what's on, what you got? What what's on the brain? Um. Let's see. I don't know. Throw out a word. Give me a word. This is an improv show. No, now. this is not an improv I'm game. Not doing <laughs> no. That. Welcome to as you know. <laughs> <laughs> Improv's interesting. It's like you know, I'm gonna go somewhere and see some people that don't even know what they're gonna say. I could do that anywhere on the street. I could literally <laughs> stand in a corner and 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 look at a park and see people that are just as prepared to do what they're about to do as improvisers. If I really wanted to see people go up and talk without any script, I'd just sit at a bar. Boom, this boom, is boom, this boom, is boom, funnier boom, than boom, Seinfeld's boom, comedy boom, on the show. That's, That's correct. A- That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> It's not supposed to be funny. It's, it's my stunning. fan theory. That that is a that is a common fan theory. The uh, <laughs> Seinfeld a is a bad comedian. <laughs> <laughs> he's always supposed to be moderately successful, or like yo, know, he's a road dog comedian. Like people yeah, know uh, who he is, but he's not, you know, as famous as the real Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, it's uh, it's as you know, the podcast that is dedicated to covering the first and last episodes of television shows, cutting out everything in between because we are experts on all of these things. We already know what happened, as do you, and. On today's episode, we don't need further introduction on that uh, on that topic because it's Seinfeld, and I'm Ian Benson. Joining me as always, Travis Marmon, Serenity Now, Matsiani. Hello, I didn't have one prepared. And Stephen Doughton. Paper towels. What is it? A paper or is it a towel? Uh, uh, we have towels. We have paper. Do we really need to make towels out of paper? It's like, this one seems mean-spirited toward Jerry, frankly, for how bad that one is. <laughs> okay, if that's uh, mean-spirited, then showing the filmed material is mean-spirited. It's fine. No, it's it is It's 1989 observational comedy. It's so bad. It's so bad. If I saw this in 1989, I, would, I wouldn't be able to hold myself up. I'd be like the kids at the vaudeville act in Wet Hot American Summer. I'd be physically holding my eyes open while I'm laughing so hard. Dude, <laughs> I, I watched I watched a movie recently that was made in like 1930 that I thought was funny, which was really weird because I was like, okay, comedy, it's not necessarily that comedy has advanced, it's just that like filmed co- i don't even know what to say like people were funny in the past too it's like for but for whatever reason things that weren't funny were allowed to be successful more maybe i don't know i mean humor is a product of its time often so some ages better than others even if it's much older although one that always ages well is people falling down and getting hurt which right. was a common why buster comedy. keaton's why why watch jackass yeah uh but Stephen, I mean, listen, we're not all you. We're not all watching All Quiet on the Western Front and just losing it. Still, <laughs> I, watched, I, watched, I watched. I watched. The Thin Man. I, I like my joke more. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, but it wasn't a. My wasn't a joke. I was telling you the movie that I watched. Yeah. You um, liked your joke more than the truth, is it, Ian? Yeah, that that is you know, that is truth, a, on, 
You know, jokes exist to tell us sometimes. the truth, to reveal the to reveal the truth about ourselves and that's our right. Truth and comedy and truth and comedy. That's that book, right? Yeah, it's that book. Uh, yeah, and and telling us the truth were uh, four very funny comedians. None of them are problematic in any way, and we love them all. Yeah. Listen, we got a fifty percent hit rate on goodness, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. That sounds. I mean, dude, I think it's Julie... wild how much right away, even even just like very from uh, out of the gate, Jason Alexander is a fucking king in this role. <laughs> it is crazy how good he is as George right away. <laughs> I couldn't believe he's, it. He's very good. He's very obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> on on the on the legal pad. <laughs> oh yeah. Come on. Uh, is this where we do the part where we argue over which Seinfeld characters we are? I don't know if we need to do uh, that, but we can do the like. I guess we probably don't need to do what Seinfeld. I mean, there are people out there somewhere who don't know anything about Seinfeld. What but is we Seinfeld? We could do a rundown. What is Seinfeld, Travis? Seinfeld. Or do you want me to? <laughs> it was like, should I just <laughs> repeat what I said at the end of the last episode? I mean, I can do it pretty well. Um, yeah. It's a very famous show. Seinfeld, of course, the most acclaimed sitcom of the 1990s, a show that ran at NBC from 1989 to 98, and it stars comedian Jerry Seinfeld playing a less successful version of himself with his three sociopathic friends, uh, none of whom are really friends. They have a purely transactional relationship with one another. George Costanza, who's the scheming one, his neighbor Cosmo Kramer, who is the wild card, and his ex-girlfriend Elaine, who I'm not sure what like Elaine's I don't have like a good like go-to trait for Elaine Bennis, but she's Dime fine. Peace. Yeah, I mean sure. <laughs> Coolest worst woman alive. Yeah. <laughs> she's really Elaine. she's really she's really not a nice person. She no. is the she's proto like the, the worst, worst person sociopath. in the world. Yeah, she really she really is. She like she well, like you see it a bit in the finale, but she's maybe the most vengeful. There's a yeah. lot of episodes yeah. that in- involve Elaine getting really upset with someone else and just making sure that they suffer after she suffered a little. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I suffered a little, you must suffer the most. Yeah. Uh, and it was co-created by Jerry Seinfeld and of course, Larry David who wrote for the first six seasons, then left, then came back uh, to do the finale. This show is so formulaic that I watched one of my favorite impressions I ever watched was Improvised Seinfeld, where they had it so down that like it might as well have been an episode. Like it was so so amazing. If anyone goes to New York City and has a chance to see Improvised Seinfeld, absolutely go see it. It was Steven spectacular. Do you remember the time that we did an Improvised Seinfeld episode? Of course mm-hmm. I do. Well, it was more of an Improvised Seinfeld scene. Yeah, I guess it was it was just a setup. It, we we set up the episode. Uh, this was yeah. back when I was living with Stephen, and he had done laundry at his girlfriend's place, and she had mixed their laundry together, and he couldn't find the shirt he wanted to wear. And his his bedroom was right off the living room, and I was sitting on the couch. And in my brain, I'm eating popcorn, but I'm not. But in my brain, I am. And Stephen just looks at me and shouts, "She mixed our laundry together." She mixed our laundry together. <laughs> and then I shouted Jerry back at him about that. And then we created a whole episode based on the idea that George has started dating a girl and she mixes the laundry together and she washes his lucky shirt. But like that's, lucky shirt. that's like life though. Like that's why Seinfeld's yeah. so great. It's like 
life is a fucking improvised Seinfeld episode a lot of the time. <laughs> Just, I mean, if you're you, the Travis, whole thing. like I, I like it's not. I, I, I don't actually, feel that I actually, way dis- at all. I actually, dis- actually disagree with this strongly. <laughs> actually, actually, this is antisemitism. <laughs> antisemitism's happening at me. ADL, Travis please. Like, I have some profound help. wisdom. Everyone else, no, you don't. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Travis. <laughs> Travis, let me say this. Life is an improvised Seinfeld episode if you are a sociopath. Like, like, like if you <laughs> if you don't care about other people at all, and you, hey, you don't the smallest... have to be, uh, you don't have to be one of the core four, one of the New York four. Yeah. You know, maybe you I'm could, a Kenny, Kenny Pena. <laughs> it's just like it's just like these people get so staunch about the smallest things that, like, if you are chill at all. Life is not a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> like if you were a little chill, I'm famously sometimes. not chill ever. Yeah, Travis, I didn't say, say I didn't say maniac. that. I didn't say that your <laughs> no. life isn't a Seinfeld episode. And this just is that what I want to bring up because we argued about this last week briefly. And Travis is so clearly not George. He might agree with George, I'm but he doesn't lame. have a George temperament. <laughs> like this is the thing. Like Travis isn't George at all because Travis would be like, okay, well, like a key thing to George is that you have to immediately get worked up. Yeah. You're just uh, you're just uh, a person who thinks that Larry David is correct. Your worst take, truly, your worst take <laughs> you know, is that Larry is saying what we're all thinking, which is sociopathic <laughs> shit. It's not what we're all thinking; it's what the right people are thinking. That's oh what, Jesus! That's what Larry's oh, often wow! Saying. How did you make it worse, Travis? You, it depends you're on the episode. <laughs> what are all your uh, experiences with Seinfeld? Your history. Uh, my history and experience with Seinfeld is my history and experience with many sitcoms, which was watching episodes at, I believe, 6.30 p.m. in syndication mm-hmm. uh, on, oh, that might have been TBS. I can't remember which channels anymore. They also played at, I think, 11 on 43 The Block. Um, <laughs> and I, I watched it on the foot. I was a scared kid who had anxiety problems he didn't understand and would lay at the bottom of his parents' bed while his father watched Seinfeld. Yeah, a lot like that, really. Uh, <laughs> you know, so it was just, it was one of those things that I would see in that way. It was definitely a show that once I had a TV in my room that would just be like, well, this is on. I think it filled the spot before, like, yeah, I think that there was like a, a you know, a late night airing that filled a spot before uh, Adult Swim would start, maybe. And that was always a key thing, is how can I kill time before Adult Swim starts to show me anime? And I have to be up in f- five hours or whatever, but I'm a child, so I actually can do that. As opposed to now where it's like, ooh, I have to do maybe like two podcasts tonight. I better drink a cup of coffee at 6 p.m. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, I grew up in a Seinfeld household. Um, my dad uh, was very fond of quoting Seinfeld uh, you know, from the 90s into the early 2000s i definitely knew the phrase no soup for you long before i ever knew what seinfeld was uh or like what a sitcom was even um and i didn't watch a ton of it uh as I talked about at the end of the last episode it is just like yeah it's a thing you see in syndication but it wasn't like a thing that was it was not on at the right time right always watch it it's not like the shows that were on at 4 30 and i would get home from school and watch them like at, at least another in, in my market. thing Another thing that I can just definitely kind of forgot about, which was Seinfeld was also one of those shows where I would hear about certain episodes or mm-hmm. like even like in early online days, like finding out about like certain episodes of shows that I needed to watch and then going to the Hollywood video and getting like 
the season or maybe even just the single disc that contained yeah. that episode. Yeah, so it'd be wow. like seeing random ones of that and The Simpsons. And I think I also had like a couple of the box sets from yeah. uh, of both of those. But uh, but yeah, I didn't watch it all that often. I always liked it when I did, but mostly it's important to me in the sense that Larry David is a very important figure in my entertainment uh, life because Kirby Enthusiasm, which is just uh, what if George Costanza was an extremely rich and successful man uh, and we followed his life for uh, now over 20 years, basically continuous for this show. And like, that's my favorite comedy in TV history. Travis, are you a Larry David completionist? Are you going to watch that movie he did for HBO? Yeah, where, like, I'll John watch Hans that. Um, I've never watched you- Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm, the like pilot before Curb or whatever, the stand-up special. Are you going to watch his the episode of, uh, the, of uh, Hannah Montana that he appears on? Probably <laughs> not. Uh, I did see. I think clear it's literally history. just. I I think he's literally just at the Chinese restaurant they're ordering at, hmm. and, and they're just like, just "That's Larry David." It was probably well, his daughter this, was probably a fan or something. I yeah, imagine. I uh, I think it's a thing where it's like they're wait. Yeah, they're just waiting for the table, and it's just like, ah, oh, this wait's terrible. Like they just, I think, come back from commercial, and there's just Larry David, and it's just like, who is this for? Also, his daughter dated Pete Davidson, so I wonder what Larry thinks of huh. the current. Now that the current would be events. the thing. <laughs> uh, uh, guess who's coming to dinner? Only it's Pete Davidson going to Larry David's house. That I would watch. Mm-hmm. I would. I would watch Guess Who's a series, a, a TV show called Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. But it's always <laughs> Pete Davidson. But it's just a different family every time. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do this? Can you combine People this like, with... People are like, I feel um, like this disrespects Sidney Poitier, and you're like, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what's your experience with Seinfeld? Uh, a lot. Um, my parents loved it and like introduced me to it in a very formal way, where we were like, we like got pizza. Did you have and like a like, Seinfeld night? Watch. Yeah, they were. We we like planned it. And then we were like, we are. We just got the DVDs of seasons one and two, and we're gonna watch like as much of seasons one and two as we can in one night. And we're gonna get pizza, and like my brother and I, we're gonna watch it with them. Uh, and I thought it was good at the time, but I was in seventh grade or something like that. And then I started buying the DVDs at the exchange because they would come in used, right? And I probably watched season six after watching seasons one and two and then got into it from there. And at this point I've, I've definitely seen every episode of Seinfeld multiple times. Uh, and I watched it in syndication too. I, it was, it's a very passively enjoyable show. It's definitely uh, a thing where I haven't seen all of them and I should sit down and do that. But also like, that's not really it's not what it's for. You don't, re- you don't really yeah, need exactly. to do that. Like there are really, really good ones that you miss because they're never playing in syndication but you've definitely seen the important ones. Some of the important ones I haven't, like, you know, going back to, like, not having watched as much of it as you'd think. Like, I've never seen the contest. I can tell you that for sure. Like, I know about it. I I have seen the contest. I've done the contest. (laughs) Wait. We're all doing the contest. Did we do the contest? We did do the contest. Yeah. Did we? In high school. (laughs) Yeah. You were there. You were there. Did I lose really fast? Who won? Uh... Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember who won. I remember it happening. 
that that contest, I the when we re- did the Seinfeld contest, I would say it would be disputed because of the fact that there were two people who were dating people. So it was just mm. like kind of like an unfair way to do it. And it really only works when everyone's single. Jerry was dating a virgin in in the original episode. And she's brought that back for yeah. the finale. And she's an as you know all star. Is she? That was Daphne Moon. Oh, I didn't realize that. that was oh. I mean, there's oh, another wow. one in there, which is Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went. We went back to back in that scene, and I was. Yeah. I, and when you watch with me, when that happens, I pull out the confetti and I throw it up in the air, and <laughs> right. I start play. I pause and I start playing the music as I enshrine them in the ceremony. In that, I pull up the Google Doc that has the list. What? Welcome to the beginning and end of the world. World. Welcome world, to the world. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, do, I do all of that. Yeah, we had two all-stars uh, from this episode. I think, though, you know, it, you know, it's time to discuss who is who. We did this for King of the Hill. Travis, you you uh, end-to-end led us through the King of the Hill one where you had like, it spot on. Do you have thoughts on who, where we match with various Seinfeld characters? It's like I feel like I'm I might be in a lane uh if I had to pick one uh despite like we said you know you'd come in thinking George because I agree with Larry David quite often and George is just a Larry surrogate but I feel like Elaine just like more reading about her being reminded of some of her traits Stephen uh, earlier this episode Elaine is the worst person she's truly the sociopath <laughs> Travis at this point in the episode I think reading more about Elaine <laughs> Just her spe- they're all they're, sociopaths. They're all yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. She's not partic- she's not particularly worse than the others. Did you say maybe no. I'm Kramer? I said maybe not Kramer. No, maybe not Kramer. Oh, maybe not Kramer. I was like, no. what? I mean no, the no, the no, easy no. one is like oh Steven's Kramer because he's the wacky one. Uh it's it's less the wacky one and it's more Steven is the only person I know who could accidentally cause a plane to yeah, you know, yeah. emergency. Yeah. And like get I, I really Uma Thurman's do. phone number or whatever. Yeah, like <laughs> I really am the agent of chaos. Uh, yeah. and there's really nothing nothing we can do about that. I've tried. They made Kramer into such a caricature of Kramer in that last episode. Yeah. It was it really was not enjoyable to watch how much he was just not even a thing anymore. Like guy making goofy faces and jumping around and that's about it. That's um, what I do. As far as which of you, which of the remaining two of you are Jerry and George is more difficult. I feel like uh, Matt has Jerry's more like OCD-ish tendencies, so I'd probably lean toward him. And and Ian and Ian Ian, well, they both will get really worked up about things that to me don't seem workupable. <laughs> oh 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 oh! And Ian's George because people think he's Jewish all the time, even though he's not. And I'm goaded with the sauce. <laughs> but there's also, like, Matt thinking that, like, telling people that they should be murdered for, like, not using their blinker or whatever. Like, yeah. just, like, Here's losing. The... <laughs> is it more a Jerry opinion or a George? It's a George opinion that if a baby comes into a bar, it's okay as long as the baby drinks a beer. That's a George opinion. I could that's George. George. That's, an, that's, that's, a, that's almost that's like an Elaine, an Elaine opinion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like... <laughs> It's George starts complaining about babies in bars, and then Elaine jumps off of that and yeah. says it would be fine if the baby was also drinking a beer. And yeah. then George like slams his hands on the table and is very excited about that idea. Yeah. 
I just I don't think I I would hate to call anybody Jerry because Jerry is just so awful. He's so painfully unfunny. Like he contributes nothing. His sociopathy is not even interesting in the way that Elaine's and George's are. He's, he's just, just sort of the blank. fulcrum. Uh, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's a bit. He's a bit of a. He's a bit of an audience surrogate, like. Yeah, like a he's little bit more than anyone the else. Man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it sucks. He uh, should have been the straight man, and instead he had to be a terrible comedian. And also, it's like the straight man thing doesn't necessarily work as well when like the world is pretty grounded. Um, yeah, like Kramer's obviously right. wacky, but like you know, playing the straight man off George and, and Elaine isn't that. Uh, big of a foil. Yeah, uh, so a lot of the more minor characters are wackier. Like Newman is pretty absurd or whatever. But like yeah, all those right. are just recurring characters and not the main ones. Do you have a? Do y'all have a Newman in your life, or a Kenny Banya for that matter? I mean, I kind of I have, a have a Newman. Kenny Banya. <laughs> I kind of have a Newman, but the thing is, I'm more his Newman than he's my <laughs> Newman. <laughs> like you know, like Damn, dude. <laughs> I've yeah. l- I've lost all my Newmans, right? Like you yeah. get older and you lose your Newmans. It's a very weird thing to have. <laughs> well, you get thrown <laughs> into situations where there are Newmans. You know, yeah. you live down the hall from somebody. Okay, well, I have a Newman, but I can't say them on the podcast. Then it's one I of mean, them. We, were, we weren't asking you for the specific example. Just more, do you have one? Yeah. No, it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, that's also a different Seinfeld phenomenon of like just hated hated partner yeah that feels like a different hated friends partner right if they had a celebrity guest star on for an episode and everyone's like man it's great why don't we hang out with him more and then it was like oh he's got a terrible partner and then you never see him again you'd be like yeah of course yeah something that doesn't really happen in adult life is having someone that you really dislike who is around you a lot where both of you acknowledge that you dislike each other like there are plenty of people in my life who i kind of have to see sometimes that i don't really like but like for the sake of friend groups and or work and or whatever we just kind of deal with it but like active aware sabotage and schadenfreude is not something that happens that often in like 30 year old life i don't know what you're talking about i'm universally beloved by all people i know (laughs) high approval rating so the other question, and I guess this is really mostly for Matt and Steven, who have a lot more extensive dating history than Ian or I, not to blow up our own spots, but do you That's, have, have I, you wait, ever, the truth? Do you, <laughs> do, you, do you ever, have you ever had a Seinfeldian reason uh, to lose interest in somebody? As an adult, no. You know, I, I honestly, I might have just had one, like really recently. It's not as entertaining as the Seinfeldian reasons. Um, because it's like something that's kind of real, but also kind of small. Like the reason I broke up is like, like, it's not, it's not actually, it's not actually like, no, did I break up with her because she always smells bad? No. Could I definitely put, could I put the narrative forward that I broke up with her? Cause she always smells bad easily. Smells bad. Not even like smells. She smells bad all the time. What kind of bad? Like bo, like oh, so this episode would be called like the body odor or whatever, and that would be yeah. And the the other thing is the hippie. 
the other thing is on the oh, off right. on like on the off day where she didn't smell bad or like she just gotten out of the shower or whatever it was, like she refused to wear deodorant. Um, she uh, she normally would smell like cigarette smoke if she didn't smell mm. like bo. And normally it was bo and cigarette smoke. God, and it was it like was a problem. It like was a problem. That lasted a long time for somebody who smelled bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's putting it was, up with a lot. <laughs> it was a big deal. <laughs> month and a half. I don't know how long's month and a half. Five weeks. Only a month weeks. and a half. Month and a half, dude. That can't be. That can't be true. That, it's true. She just that lived dog here. was appearing on that podcast for a while for six weeks. But like two of those weeks were in Guatemala. Oh, if you include Guatemala, you you go. But I was talking like the thing is there was a, there was a month in between. Like the there's a month and a half, and then a month where we didn't see each other, where the smell wasn't an issue, and then like <laughs> six, and then like right, and then like six days, and then I broke up with her. Like, see, now it feels like an episode of Seinfeld because I sound like an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was just that's life, like, man, dude. Matt's gonna. No, I'm telling isn't. you, it isn't. You won't accept this, but it's true. No, it is. You all have a little bit of this in you. Sure, but not not this much. Again, of this. Travis, the wording wasn't "we all a little bit." It's "we all agree with him." He's saying what we're thinking. Those are different things. Yeah, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of this in me. Sure. There's a little bit of I hell not, in everyone. I sure. am not. I am not this guy. Like I am not am these I? people. <laughs> do I ha- do I have to cut all of this now? <laughs> all right. Should we get into the? One of the pilotiest pilots, I think, that we've ever seen. For how great of a show this is, we really uh, we got we got two stinkers, in my opinion. Oh, you're oh, anti finale. Anti finale. Wow, finale mm-hmm. great. Would not watch more of this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting wow. out of myself, but if I had only seen these two, I'd be like, that's not all it's cracked up to be. I mm-hmm. I agree. I didn't have a great time watching these two episodes. Wrong side of history. Yeah, there Even were, the pilot was like amusing. It's just like clearly this is the skeleton of. I laughed at one joke in the finale. It was pretty good, but I laughed at one joke. To be fair, all the best bits from the finale are clips from better yeah. episodes. Like right. I yeah, can give you that. But truly, just at the end of, I mean, this is how I. I mean, and it's jumping ahead. I'm sorry, but I think this is how all television shows. I think this is how your life should end, which is <laughs> just you go to uh, jail. Yeah, you go to jail. Uh, no, is that uh, everyone, like, you've, you're just, like, a list of, like, you know, people arrive, and you're like, people ah, grievances. son of a bitch. Just, oh, uh, I mean, God this is just, it. like, a good, this is a concept for, like, what the afterlife is, I feel. That's, uh, it's defending your life by yeah, Albert oh, Brooks okay. is what I'm describing. I thought so. I was like, it's also, it's done, also right? like, you know, the good place to some degree. Um, Which is a little bit like defending your life by Albert Brooks. I, I was, who, okay, who would be there? <laughs> You can't do this part. (laughs) For the love of God. But there's got there's gotta be someone who's like you don't even know what their name is. They're just someone you have a nickname (sighs) for. That's that's, that's good with the finale is just the moments where it's like everyone realizing what monsters these people are, where it's like, oh, it's the bubble, like the name, and they're like, who's the bubble boy? Oh, it's the bubble boy. That's one of my favorite episodes of all time for sure, too. Every time they introduced a person where the four of them were like, I don't know that name. It was hilarious. <laughs> and it's like, just being aware of that is also amazing. Also, like, just was like, a... didn't he get deported? It's just yeah. like, <laughs> Babu. 
Uh, we'll get to that though. We gotta do this this pilot that has no Elaine has a has a Kessler has like a different female supposed to be lead that just winds up not being. Are you talking about the They're coffee a person? Diner. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Lee Garlington is the actress. She was supposed to be the female perspective of the show. You get a different luncheonette. You get a different exterior apartment shot. George has slightly more different. hair, yeah. and it's not working for him as well as when he just dropped the top. When he dropped <laughs> just the top? Yeah. Because <laughs> he's just got the monk spot. and When he drops it all. Yeah. Man, again, just that time that the person did that Photoshop of him where it was... <laughs> Jason Alexander with the hair, you know, classic George, and then someone did a Photoshop where it was shaved and he had the beard and it just said, ladies, don't buy, you know you would, and I retweeted it with, my DMs are open, and was told by multiple people that when they saw that they did first think of me was a moment where I took a long, hard look in the mirror. <laughs> this pilot also has three different names and aired a year before the first season, which is only actually like four episodes of TV. Easily the best is the Seinfeld Chronicles, right. because it makes it sound like a fantasy series. Yeah, like it was, pilot, it was, I think it pitched as the Seinfeld Chronicles, and they, what I was also learning, like, commonly, Seinfeld obviously is called The Show About Nothing, but what it was really pitched as was a show about how a comedian gets his material from, specifically how an observational comic like Jerry Seinfeld gets their material from Minutia. So the Seinfeld Chronicles, I guess, made sense for that. It could also just be called Seinfeld, or its other name is Good News, Bad News, which yeah, the Seinfeld work. Chronicles. If it was, if the show was called the Seinfeld Chronicles, we agree that it like goes a season, maybe. Oh it gets yeah. yeah, no, no, yeah. no. It's, it's, it's as successful as like the Dave Barry show that happened. Yeah. What is John the most Mulaney successful show? What is the most successful? The blank. Oh, it's like the Mary Tyler Terminator ceremony. Oh, okay, I thought you were just okay, gonna do yeah. things that are chronicles. <laughs> no, no, yeah, the <laughs> most successful chronicles. chronicles. Uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. Next question. Chronicles of Riddick. That we, yeah, noted successful thing. The Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. The sequel to Pitch Black. Yeah. The Dick Van Dyke show. I think. I think Mary Tyler Moore would. Uh, Edge, Dick Van Dyke, Newhart, the Andy Griffith yeah, show, Edge, Tyler. both of those. The the Jeff Foxworthy show had a lot of seasons. Did it? I thought so. It's crazy that you also like the thing that's about Seinfeld. That you don't think about is like okay, it's called Seinfeld and his character's name Seinfeld. But Mary Tyler Moore, she's not named Mary Tyler Moore, right? And like, I think Bob Newhart was like that. Like, there's so many of those comedian shows where it's like, yeah, you're watching it because you're here to see this comedian. Oh, uh, it was just two. I'm something wrong. Else. Yeah, yeah, just we were two. both checking on that. And I also couldn't remember if the Jeff Foxworthy show was the one where uh, Jennifer Lawrence was on, but she was on the Bill Angle. Show. Yeah, I was going to say Bill Angle. You're always, show too. you're always better off just choosing one name, like Reba. Or Seinfeld. We gotta do a Reba weirdly one successful day. show, Reba. We like, gotta. Yeah, that's what no, I'm talking about. Weirdly, You're way better. The people love Reba. Steven, What's weird we, about it? Steven, can we have they your old Reba, roommate man. on? Yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll go get. I'll go get. I, I'll, I'll, I'll save that story for the time we do Reba. But I like, think the reason why I haven't ever picked Reba is somebody I follow has a podcast called The Reba Watchables as a parody of the <laughs> Ringer Rewatchables podcast, where they're just somebody you know all of Reba. No, just somebody I follow on Twitter. Oh, okay, okay. A sports writer and music writer. The Rebotchables. Rebotchable. Yeah, I'm not really sure how it's said, actually, now that I think about it. But yes, that is the case. Um, All right. Anyway, this pilot. So we open with Jerry Seinfeld doing improv. Doing improv. Doing stand-up. <laughs> um, doing, doing improv. Doing okay. Harold team. Just the, no air in the room. Just airless comedy. 
God, it was, I mean, honestly, your thing of like, he's not supposed to be that good of a comedian makes me like exhale about this. He's like, everybody here, everybody here is out. This is what life's about. Not a single person in this room is at home. Like, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> this is what we do. We get ready to go oh, out. The fucking the sign. When, uh, That's like what every yeah. Hold Steady song's about. You guys like that? I don't know. It's the same thing. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just thinking about the time I saw them and Craig Finn opened a song and was like, we all like to drink beer, drive around. It's just like, yes. Yes, Craig. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Similar okay, that's that's, that's banter that's between comedy. songs. That's not <laughs> that's not the same Counterpoint. thing. You don't Counterpoint. Go <laughs> Counterpoint. Hold steady band, but it's uh, a hold steady style tribute band, but all you do is you make songs out of Seinfeld's comedy bits. Oh, Would man. go see that show. Uh other other idea for a show. You go you go and you do one one hour of Craig Finn style mid like like in between songs banter and nothing else. I wanted to start a band. Thought maybe if I told my stories, didn't someone do that with Fugazi? Understand? (laughs) And you know what? (laughs) You understood. And here we are. Someone made some New York experimental like theater thing. Did like all Fugazi stage banter play or something (laughs) from? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, he's like. He's like, art is bad. You, you get ready, <laughs> yeah, you no put question. on clothes, you go out, and then what do you do once you're out? Uh, better get home. You're always going. Go, go, go. It's a life of go. <laughs> we get like four Jerry stand-up bits on this. Like, this is where you're like, okay, they clearly, they, yeah, so they chiseled away at that. Like, it stopped even being an every episode thing after a while to even have one. Uh, so was that because was like people didn't like them? Was it because they didn't shoot? I don't enough? know. Like, I like, like how did that? How did I, it get cut I guess out? I might as well see if it like is on here for reception. Like you can see like, what oh, they Jerry just like has to do stand up. Like, yeah, according like, to Jerry, so you know but like, the audience is like this shit blows. And because the selling point is like you know <laughs> semi famous observational comedian Jerry Seinfeld, he has his own show now. Yeah, it's it was like a it's, it's like a, a motif. <laughs> we like we took away the motif. I just got to the reception section of Wikipedia. So it was first screened by a group of two dozen NBC executives in early 1989. Although it did not yield the explosion of laughter garnered by pilots for the decades previous NBC successes, like The Cosby Show and The Golden Girls, it drew mostly positive responses from the executives. One exception was Brandon Tartikoff, who was concerned the show was too New York, too Jewish. Then it was shown to a test audience of 400 households, and they hated it. It is. None of the supporting characters were particularly liked. And they were like, this will not be picked up for a full season. But then they broadcast, the, you know, the pilot, you know, on regular TV. Uh, oh, I remember this, like learning about this years ago. Of, it finished second in its time slot behind the CBS police drama, Jake and the Fat Man. <laughs> receiving a 10.9 uh. share. Uh, One of the, on the list. Yep. Uh, the, the idea, though, of just like not picking up Seinfeld and being like, mm, this is too New York. It is reminding me of the thing where, for a while, the flight of the Concords, two incredibly funny people, weren't that ta- weren't that like successful in New Zealand because of the fact that it was just like, well, I mean, their humor is too Wellington based. <laughs> so it was like, What's, I guess this we have is to more move. of an Auckland kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. or I think it was just like, well, it's not going to appeal to anyone not from the city. Jake and the Fat Man ran for five seasons. Five seasons. We got to add Jake and the Fat Man to the Master List. I don't think it's on there. I love Fat Man's one it's word too. It's Jake, for eight seasons. Jake and the Fatman. 
What was the spinoff called? Diagnosis, Diagnosis murder. murder. I know that show. That's a... Oh, Diagnosis uh, Murder was a spinoff from Jake and the Fat yeah, Man. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's, yeah. I think we've done bits specifically <laughs> about Diagnosis Murder before. Yeah. It was like Dick Van Dyke having that what show. A dumb fucking name for a TV show. Also. <laughs> that sounds it's like a so Troy McClure good, movie. <laughs> <laughs> Matlock is What's also the- in the related shows. Matlock would be. We should watch Matlock. Um, yeah, we, so, the only, we okay, can only also, do Matlock if we have the Abe Sim, if we have Abe Simpson join the audio <laughs> every now and then, so he can shout Matlock. Here's something that's more specific to what we're complaining about right now, which is the Fresno B said. I liked the concept, but Seinfeld's jokes were so dull that you hoped the stand-up stuff would fly by so you could get back to the story. That's true. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Even though there's not so, much more to this pilot, so we get I into the that story. Way Jerry speaks in the episode. <laughs> So we, so we can, see this is what I mean about like him just like exaggerating, you know, what is it called? <laughs> anyway, hyperbole. We're got, no, no, no. I just mean like what they're doing in the George, Jerry. So George and Jerry are sitting at a <laughs> uh-huh. at a diner. Uh, <laughs> yes, and and uh-huh. and we start off with George. Uh, wearing a shirt and Jerry being like, yeah, the top button, what's the deal? It's too high to button. And, and if you don't button it, it looks bad. Um, Just open then, the button. Put on a chain. Right. You'll look cool. And then uh, George was like, it was purple. I liked it. And then Jerry starts talking about this girl. And George starts telling him about all the signals that say that she's not actually there to sleep with him. She's there. He's there. He's a backup. And... And the waitress agrees with George that uh, the signals say that she doesn't want to sleep with him. That's the whole, that's the a plot that's, of this of I, this episode. That, that, whether or not um, this girl wants to sleep with Jerry, I will say in the Matt and I are Jerry uh, and George of this. I can think of a moment where we did have a conversation like this, which was. Uh, like Can eleven I name years this person ago. Too? Uh, well, no, it was uh, it was us with a friend, and it was while I was going through a round of chemo, and that friend who was also with us was talking about her summer fling and how she had told him it was going to end at the su- the end of the summer. And Matt and I were both like, "Oh, that guy's lying to you." And she's like, "What?" <laughs> we're like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That guy's absolutely he cool with it. Zero percent chance. <laughs> Not cool with it at all. Like this is what we're doing <laughs> back and forth, and even pulling in the nurse that walks in as we're like, "Hey, hey, 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 hey." hey. Listen to this situation, and she's like, <laughs> exchange, like switching out the like IV on me, and she's like, oh yeah, that person's lying. Pulling in the NPC to like agree with you Time in this situation whoa, whoa, whoa. is like timeout. <laughs> yeah, they are a person. No, I'm talking about the waitress in the show. <laughs> okay, I'm talking about it the came, show. Okay, it came right after we were talking about a real life scenario, about, and you said about the NPC a fucking healthcare worker. <laughs> Ah, uh, she's probably an anti-vaxxer statistically. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong, folks. Oh boy. <laughs> um. Anyway, it's a it's a classic great humor thing to do is when you're trying to convince someone of something and you're at a bar and you're like, "Hey, guy, come over here yeah. for a second. Listen to this situation." Yeah. No. I also <laughs> love when. Uh, I love when they do that, and uh, the one person that they pull in for whatever this thing is is somebody who's incredibly famous. That's always a good thing to do. Yeah, that's awesome. I will. This scene w- had a very well established Seinfeld vibe right away. Yeah, which I did the, appreciate. The, it was th- it, this more than any anything else. They were still figuring out a lot of other elements. Even you know which 
diner there's you're right i think it being a pete's luncheonette really is just like what is this like air and when you hold them on when you go to click on that seinfeld it could be in any season of seinfeld and it would slot right in for sure sure it's also something i deeply understand in life just being like no that shirt buttons are off Oh, I, I mean, thought you were. I was saying you were saying you deeply understand, like the is yeah, she or absolutely. is she not interested in, oh, no, which is I, I also a conversation I've had yeah. thousands of times. Yes. Yeah. No. I, the the shirt button one was one where I was like, yeah, you know. What do you think of a uh, in the next scene? Jerry's like Met super fan fit, where he's got the orange pants. Oh, Jerry has some atrocious fits. The Henley <laughs> yeah. with the shirt yeah. that has writing underneath, awful. Uh, the Mets, I mean, the Mets superfan thing is fine because as he explains, it is one in the morning. Sure. You could wear so. orange pants at 1am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to a watch treat. a recording of the Mets. I, I love how much the show is like, you know, pre-Twitter, pre-internet, pre-smartphone or oh proliferation boy. of the internet. <laughs> the, the cell phone <laughs> thing and the finale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also just like, even just the clip from it, but it's like mm, the moops. Moops v. Moores is one of those ones where you're like, oh, yeah, that's settled in it. a second. That, but that's, that yeah, but there's nothing it. to settle. Like, George knows it's not the Moores. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do we know just that? The kid, yes. Like, he's just the kid, the bubble boy is an asshole. He just wants George to win. So like, satisfaction of it in being the Moops. Uh, like, that's my favorite Costanza moment of all time, I feel like. Um, not in the least bit surprised. Yeah. It's, it's like the, a curb thing. The one, I mean, I'm now, this is somewhat tangential and it's again getting the finale. Larry David has gotten so much mileage out of the comedy concept of what if a person with a disability who you're inherently sympathetic for was also kind of a dick? Like, because they have <laughs> the bubble boy in this one. I don't really know the, the wheelchair plot line thing that they do in the finale. Like, I don't, I'm not familiar with that episode. How did you guys only laugh a few times? Yeah, Jackie Giles just being like, they so, or not Jackie Childs, James Reborn being like, and they sold you a used wheelchair. But there are like at least three curb episodes where a major plot is a person is like Larry is wronged by a person with a disability, and like you're supposed to navigating that situation. So now we meet Kessler, a man with normal hair, who bursts into Jerry's apartment. Yeah, I. I like I I just fully was like yeah whatever <laughs> he does have a great intro just coming in and being like you got any meat and he's just got two pieces of fry bread <laughs> and, <laughs> he's just standing there and, and like, Jerry just goes oh. go hunt or whatever and also look through his fridge I was amused yeah I I smiled I had fun with both of these episodes yeah uh, the spoils the Met game yeah spoils Jerry the Mets saved. game uh you know saves Jerry the pain of having to watch baseball have you ever watched a game on delay. Uh, not baseball, uh, but certainly I've watched sports. Yeah, on the I, I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've n- I, I can only think of watching uh, highlights or perhaps full games of uh, games that where my team won and something exciting happened. I'm not sure if I ever watched a full game on delay without knowing what happened. That's yeah. hard to like do in the modern age. But I've like yeah. started games an, an hour behind and caught up and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah like I sure. can't imagine you just not looking at your phone it's for a whole period of time, like when ninety percent of a sports broadcast is ads anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can fast forward through them right. if you recorded it, which is that's actually nice that's actually the best thing about starting yeah. a game an hour late is like you're yeah. just like okay, well, near watching the World Series just from streaming and knowing that like my phone would tell me if there was going to be a home run before. Or being on the phone with Steven while we're both watching a game and one of us reacting to it uh, because there's, you know, the 30-second streaming delay across services or whatever. Always great. 
Except there will never be home runs again. Yeah, we're never, we're never going to play baseball again. You know, oh, instead right. of the Mets being bought by Steve Cohn, they should have actually just been bought by Jerry Seinfeld. That would be great. <laughs> He's so fucking rich. Like, he could do that, probably. You know, he's got some extra second. income from his wife's vegetarian cookbooks. It's all you know what? Listen, he's only got nine hundred and fifty million. Yeah, so does he have more? Oh he has more than Larry does. Oh like, my just god! Fucking... Owns over a hundred and fifty cars. Often he has comedians ham- in them and gets coffee with them. That is an airless show. That I cannot bear. Jerry Seinfeld is so grating. He's the same unfunny Seinfeld from the show, but then also extremely wealthy, out of touch, like elite. um, There's one dumb clip that I enjoyed once from it, which is just the very specific thing of him explaining to whoever he had in the car what makes this car special and like how rare it is. And while that's and like shortly then after another one drives by them on the highway, (laughs) which is just like. That's just like a good little thing. Also, Matt, I figured you would love Seinfeld because he is a pioneer in like bistro style, you know, sport jacket, acid wash jeans, sneakers. I mean, he looks, he looks good on occasion, but I think he got lucky because he often looks like shit. <laughs> He's not. I, I mean, as we said, the fit king, George, obviously Dude, Elaine uh, looks perfect all the time. Uh, Kramer looks great. Kramer Jer- got some Jerry good has the lowest, lowest hit percentage i would say i almost uh i almost put on like an oversized shirt and a tie uh <laughs> to just be seinfeld this whole episode i should have <laughs> tried to figure out how to do elaine hair although we don't actually get true elaine hair in yeah a because not in the first episode and b she didn't have the hairstyle anymore by the end of the show right but like the frizzy like high thing uh the 90s hair. Like, yeah the hair that only yeah only existed in that decade and has never been seen since or before. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Kessler's boys, the Met game. Like, what else happened here? The, the woman. woman they picked the woman they up the from the airport. airport. Is the woman supposed to be hot? I I don't know. I was wondering that. I don't myself. think it's. I don't think it's, important, I don't think it's that relevant. He dated hotter I, women I kind of, later. <laughs> that, I that kind of. Important. I kind of feel like at this point in the show, it makes sense for Jerry Seinfeld to be dating average-looking women. Like it's just like that's what I'm wondering. It, is she becomes, supposed to be average-looking, or is she supposed to be hot? Because sometimes we watch things from you know, even even as long ago as Seinfeld, not that long ago, and it's unclear. Thank you for saying not that long ago when it was so long ago. Years oh my ago. god, so long ago. I mean, not, but compared to watching a show from fucking 1965 or something, don't know about uh, if Pamela Broll is supposed to be hot or not. I don't know. She's supposed to be from Lansing. Like, uh, probably not, not that exciting. Sorry, sorry to my mom who is from Lansing for being Apologies like people to the there. Many people of Lansing. Not great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my, my mother is ugly, <laughs> Travis Marmon. Don't say anything, Travis. Travis, don't say anything after this. As your attorney, <laughs> I'm advising you. Move on. Uh, yeah. So yeah, she comes over and she's like, "Oh, because like Jerry, you know, he had set up like an extra mattress to not be presumptuous because didn't didn't want to blow it." And then she was like. Oh, can I have some wine? And can I turn this light down? And then we should go on one of those five-hour boat rides, which is a hard one to feel romantic. I don't know. It's funny to imagine someone come to Chicago and be like, let's go on an architecture tour. Those are cool. Listen, (laughs) if I was going to go on a five-hour boat ride, 
with someone, I would hope that I was looking for like long term success in the form of like very serious dating because there is no sex that is worth a five. Yeah, you're not ride. just doing that to get laid. <laughs> There's That's... just no way. <laughs> oh God, woof, woof. Anyway, then she reveals that she's engaged. This feels like a thing that could happen to you, Stephen. Which is sure. opening your home up to someone you've only met one time before. Being like, you know, maybe, hey, listen, you know, she was cute. Something could happen. And then learning they're engaged. Um, I feel like this has happened. Like, something <laughs> so close that it might as well have been this has happened, you know? Did you go on a five-hour cruise Seinfeld is just like everyday life. For it's, these two. <laughs> For these two. <laughs> yeah. I suppose. Um, I've been on many a five-hour date. You uh, looked at me when you were here, and you're like, well, I got to be back in Dublin by this time. I have a 48-hour date scheduled. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. That date went great. How, how was the smell? <laughs> it's not that person. I know. I'm just, uh, just checking She's in. Checking. Better order. Now that I know you'll go a full you know, couple of months with somebody who <laughs> what actively smells terrible. With a, with a stinky person. <laughs> 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 what do you do on a 48-hour first date? Or second date. It, it was Dandrick a third date. Dating. It's a third, third date. date. Okay. Third date. Um, do you want to know what I did on the 40 hours? We've third had date? this conversation before. I don't have I don't know. I'm just I thinking, like, like uh, is it zany? Is it body paint? Is it something that fits with this podcast? That's yeah, funny. Yeah, as, bo- as body paint. Yeah. I would love was if it, it was body purely paint? a chill yeah. time. It was the body paint. It was the body paint. Yeah. Jesus. Well, we went out. We went out. We went out to dinner. We went out to dinner the first night. Like, that, you know, we went out to pre dinner. Pre or post we painting? To... Pre. It's a little lackluster. It'd be funny if you went to get dinner and you looked like... Yeah, there's a, there's a tradition that everybody goes to a bar afterwards to make people's eyes get big or whatever. I didn't actually go, <laughs> but I kind of wanted to. And um, that's why you weren't there for the orgy! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always miss the orgy. <laughs> it was in the upstairs of the bar or I the know. downstairs. I'm always missing the orgy. I actually had something to say that wasn't about my life. No, it was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we, we one time we were, uh, that's probably up for the podcast, but one time uh, we were sitting there and she was about to leave and she was like, <laughs> and she was like, oh, can I have one of your sweaters to bring with me to France? Um because I, I love to smell it. Smell is very important to me. <laughs> I was like, I, I, we'd had a lot of conversations. It's not like I wasn't saying it to her. Like, <laughs> you were saying to her, you smell bad. I, well, I waited like three or four weeks before and then you I was were like, like right, you I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> she knows, like she does. She just doesn't do anything about it. I don't know. At that point, it's a character flaw. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you were gonna say a character trait. I was like, sure, well, a character stinky. flaw is a character trait. <laughs> One wow. man's character trait is another man's character flaw. They always yeah. say that. There are negative traits. Anyway, we get some more stand-up bits and their classic 1989 observational humor of just like women. You know, they communicate one way, and and men don't know what they're doing. They, we're you know, stupid, they say uh, we're horny. All right. They say uh, women are from Venus and men are from Mars, you know? Yeah. Weirdly enough, the hardest I laughed was when he was like, we're out of ideas. You ever seen a man honk at a woman crossing <laughs> the street? 
he's out of ideas. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty funny. <laughs> like, that guy's out of it's ideas. It's amusing. His stand-up bits are moderately amusing. That is their goal. That's not... Be. That one was moderately amusing. Oftentimes, I'll watch them and be like, hmm. you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Travis, you do you laugh aloud? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I just saw that. By oh. myself, uh, yeah. while watching something, it pretty rarely, like, I will, but, like, I'm definitely... It's definitely more of a, a a social thing or whatever. Like contagious laughter definitely is. Jill and I watched these together. I think we were both so tired it wasn't necessarily you know an indictment of the show, but we watched these together in dead silence and then just <laughs> went to bed. <laughs> I watch things in dead silence. That is a that is praise to the show. Uh, Wait, also, I, do you mutter to yourself while you watch the shows? What does yeah, that of mean? All the time, I just go like for crying out loud as I'm sitting there alone. Oh, what are you, Jerry Stiller? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. The king. Good uh, luck uh, to you and good luck to the equalizer. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, he's also an yeah, god. <laughs> I forgot the equalizer. Uh, what is, this is the highest I can't believe how much stars. the equalizer spent on Hideki Yakaro. Theoretically, we'll have a higher and higher <laughs> hit rate as we go, you know, because there's yeah, more and more people that have. Yeah. Uh did you know that men are from Mars, women are from Venus, sold more than 15 million copies? That's why people were losing it at the Seinfeld bits. That's where we were as a culture. There was a woman yeah. staying in my house last night who goes by Matcha She-Wolf. And uh, she... Um, <laughs> I knew there were some... <laughs> I knew there were some things uh, that everyone else, just for those of you <laughs> listening, if this makes it, every other host kind of pushed away from the microphone for a minute as if to compose themselves. Um, she came with a box of a million essential oils, and I knew that uh, our opinions about COVID weren't good Why? She was a guest of the other housemate. I brought this up because... Um, you said a thing, and I, I realized that it was kind of related to some of the, you know, this episode was about a woman staying in a person's house. I got a message from a friend who had met the person uh, and said, oh, I heard Matcha is staying at your house. Just so you know, there are some subjects you probably shouldn't bring up. And I was like, yeah, COVID, blah, blah, blah. And then they went on. Like, for instance, I started talking about evolution around her, and she laughed at me and said, people are from space. And then uh, we didn't have any more conversation about that. And I was like, okay. I didn't realize the extent to which I would be walking around on eggshells around this person. People being like this is a public health crisis. <laughs> we, we have a friend who's a yoga teacher. And every now and then I like to do what I call the goop check-in just to make sure I can <laughs> To make back. sure she isn't buying goop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she appreciates this. We talked about it one night. It's just like, not I'm goofed, there holding you? back the wall. <laughs> the last, I'm the thin line that holds my friend back from going full goop. Yoga, yoga is fine, you know? Yoga yeah. is fine. Yoga is great. Just, yeah, no, it is. And there are just some other things where every now and then you just got to be like, well, hold on a second now. And then you sit across from her at the bar, and you Google to see what Gwyneth Paltrow said about this thing. And then that person is like, "You know what? You're right. Let me. I'm, I'm going to pump the brakes on this thing." I really love. I really love the goop check. Just the name of it. Uh, that's yeah, you got to do it. We all know someone out there where it's like they're on the edge. Yeah. Sometimes. Oh yeah. You got to oh, yeah. check in. Oh we yeah. All, we all got our own things like that, probably that other people should have checked in at some point and then never did, and now we're in deep on it. <laughs> 
Yeah. We, I mean, we should be that for each other, guys. Matt texting me to say, I'm sorry in advance. I'm about to get real into natural wine. That was kind of a moment where I could have goop checked, but I didn't. And this is now the world we live to in. To be fair, I don't believe in like the spirituality of the earth or whatever in the yeah. wine. I just think it and tastes good. Yeah. And that's, that is a check I do with myself very regularly. It's like, am I like thinking that this is different or am I just like, this is cool? Seinfeld has uh, practiced transcendental uh, meditation for 40 years. Do you, where do we think he stands on this all? Man, I got to say, we should start doing a, a TM check on all of these shows because it always seems to come up. Jerry Seinfeld and Pamela Anderson, the two biggest meditators of the 90s, I feel. No. No, it's not. the No, the biggest one is David Lynch, Travis. It's all Lynch. It's all Lynch's fault. Or not. I don't know. I, I, I have no personal beef with it. It's fine. It's, it's like, fine. I'm not like they shouldn't do it. I'm just, it comes up really often. It does. We really do need to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the David Lynch Foundation Benefit for Transcendental Meditation, which featured Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, and Jerry Seinfeld in 2009. <laughs> what a hot ticket that must have been. That's so weird. He's replacing George Harrison in the band. It's wild. Oh, um, no. Actually, he was replacing John Lennon. <laughs> Between 2016 and 17, Seinfeld made $69 million. He wasn't doing the show <laughs> Just for royalties? For years. What? Is he monetizing B-movie memes? Like what? What? Yeah. what did he do? Like, what is the contract that he got that, like, NBC it's must awesome. have been immediately afterwards, like, never again? And, and I mean, yeah. and Larry David has so much, too. Like, yeah. you know, and he lost half of it in his divorce, but he still has, like, a quarter of a billion dollars or something. Oh, sick. Uh, Seinfeld was involved in a car accident in 2008 when he flipped a Fiat 500, which would be <laughs> truly a funny thing to see a 1960s <laughs> Fiat flip. I just saw Jerry and, Seinfeld. And, an <laughs> and Jerry Seinfeld gets out. He's like, I'm okay. I'm okay. You, you I'm Jerry that, Seinfeld. And you assume, welcome to Jackass. If it was, yeah, if it were anybody <laughs> other than Jerry Seinfeld, I'd be like, this is Jackass. But it's like, nobody wants to be around Jerry Seinfeld. So there's no way. How funny that would it be that. if like, like then, how much like, did you know, like, charge them? To be on that, sh- that would be the best episode of comedians and cars getting coffee. <laughs> if like a 1960s Fiat flips and Seinfeld gets out, and he's like, "Oh, okay," and then Stevo gets out afterwards. <laughs> I was hoping for just one with just some other comedian or whatever. It's like Seinfeld and like Colin Quinn getting a crazy car accident or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do you guys know that uh, that Fiat stands for Found on Road Dead? <laughs> Shut up, Dale. All right. Should we? Uh, I just want to say that the Seinfeld owns. This is this is why we need to um, parody. Uh, Seinfeld owns a Porsche 959, one of only 337 built. It's his centerpiece of his collection. Uh, he was originally not allowed to drive it because the car was not street legal. U.S. emissions and crash tests had not been performed on the model because Porsche refused to donate uh, four 959s for destruction tests. Mm. which is necessary for that. So he bought it. He imported the car for exhibition purposes on the stipulation that it would never be driven. Just him and Jay Leno, we should just like pull the cars out of their garages and just launch them at each other over and over. Until uh, can I just have one? That, sounds like, that sounds like great news. <laughs> can I have, could I have just one of them though? Yeah, sure. I mean, we could just give them to people who could use cars or we I could I mean, they're not practical cars other. to give to people yeah, who need cars, let's are, be honest. Fucking uh, cop magnet 
vehicles also. Right. I was thinking of them as Woodward Dream Cruise vehicles. But I'm, sure, I'm, yeah, sure that they're, I'm sure that the insurance on them is so expensive you'd be better off buying a car. <laughs> I mean, what's the, what's the insurance on Jay Leno's 1911 uh, fire engine, you think? That would be the one I would take, by the way. It's, it's, definitely, not, it's definitely not street legal. Oh, uh, I would beg to disagree. I see Jay Leno here driving in on the streets. That's uh, not. That does not. No mean one's going to pull legal. over Leno. Flip that car. <laughs> if you are driving parallel to that guy, it is your responsibility to flip this car. <laughs> it's legal to brandish a gun at the driver of that vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you go? <laughs> All right. Should we talk about the Seinfeld finale? The finale is bold of them to make this a clip show, sort of after airing another clip show before it. (laughs) Yeah, this has fewer clips and they're only in the second half, but you'd think they would have exhausted the clip reservoir for the previous clip show. That's true. But yeah, the finale, the very most polarizing Seinfeld episode. Why was it polarizing? The premise is awesome. Yeah, some people were like, this is a brilliant idea and some were like, no, you put my favorite characters in jail. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, who was like Oh, I'm so invested in these people that I don't want them to go to jail. They're literally made up. I don't Matt, know, okay. man. Matt, 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 yeah, Matt, 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 Matt. It's crazy. Matt, 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 Matt. Matt. What? Matt. 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 No, we're not Matt. going there. Matt. Caring about we're doing characters a podcast in TV. About TV. <laughs> yeah, like, Matt. yeah, like, but Matt. like for a Matt. comedy, gen- this is a genuine question for a comedy for like a care a bunch of characters who get themselves it's, into goofy it, situations. It. It's weird for like, a comedy like this where like the cares? whole thing is that they're oh you have to live on knowing that they're in jail and you're not going to get to see them again. It was the finale anyway. But th- that's not what you said, though. That's not what you said, though. Okay. So there can be an argument made that anyone who thinks that these clearly sociopathic comedy characters going to jail and being disturbed by that is a bit weird. What you said was, what the fuck? They're fictional characters. Who cares? Which is really yeah, like, I mean, if you want to do the most bad faith reading of it, you can. Then <laughs> absolutely. Do you want to use my words against to- me? Yeah. Like- <laughs> Matt, you okay. did remind me of the time a professor of mine was we gotta retiring. Say, we got to say what we mean, you know? Uh, a professor of mine was retiring, and he stood there in his last class, and he's like, I've spent most of my life talking about people who have never and will never exist. And then he left. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Larry. What a king. Could we rewind that sentence one, once, please? What was he that, d- Ian? He died a few years ago. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Could you just say it again? R.I.P. Larry, what a king. That was Larry <laughs> King. My professor was Larry King. Didn't you know? <laughs> I studied under Larry King <laughs> in literature, okay. and he was the one. His whole thing was talking about people who do exist. <laughs> I was just off frame shaking my head when Larry said, when Larry asked, um, oh, God, I'm blanking Danny on his Putty. name. Yes, yes, Danny Putty. Danny Putty, why he doesn't own a private jet. such a good video. <laughs> The, uh, the greatest videos are that, and then the one where Larry, he, I'm on. What, 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 is, what did he Larry, say? Larry, I'm on, on? Ducktales. I'm oh, on Ducktales. I thought I'm you were saying. Tales. I thought yeah. you guys were. Uh, Sorry, I was like, Poody, he interviewed sir. David Putty, Elaine's <laughs> <David laughs> boyfriend, yeah. 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 Patrick Warburton, yeah. who has probably my favorite line in this entire finale. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. <laughs> is it just he, the, okay? Th- yeah, it's the only the only thing you say in the finale. All right. Okay. The concept also that his character, uh, they don't try this, but just his, uh, that he's always shown when he's at home just staring at nothing on a sketch. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very good bit. 
That is genuinely <laughs> how I imagine some of our friends live their life. Uh, there was a moment where um, a friend of the podcast, Senator Meow, uh, walked into my house to find me uh, sitting on a couch, eating an Activia, staring at a TV with nothing on it. Um, and uh, <laughs> likes to bring up that moment quite often because I was literally just sitting I've on a couch it. eating an Activius. It like the the cup of yogurt was in my hand and the spoon was in my other hand, and I was staring at a TV that was not on. <laughs> I like, oh, yeah, Bobby like, snatched, and this is him. That is, is the equivalent of. <laughs> that is your equivalent of when I said that you're at rock bottom when you're when Fisher Stevens is your friend <laughs> earlier on this podcast. Like that's yeah. the moment where it's like when you're puttying. Oh, no. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was effectively David puttying yet. Anyway, the finale. Uh, what happens here? So we have uh, Jerry and George are finally getting uh, an offer from NBC to produce their pilot, which is called Jerry, and it's just Seinfeld. It's the show about nothing. It's about minutia, all the people, whatever. You know the Dawson's Creek ending, and uh, NBC's like the, their celebrations are so cute. <laughs> yeah. The closest thing that we see to them actually being friends uh, in any yeah. of the nine seasons of the show is them talking about where they want to go. Uh, no one and calls out this... Kramer for saying the Von Trapps are Swiss when they're Austrian. Well, that's jumping way ahead. You got you to gotta let me talk about Peter Rieger, man. I also want to talk about the bit where George is being the worst person in the world <laughs> in the interview, where like he just says the stupidest <laughs> bullshit over and over and over and this, again, and it just yeah. gets stupider. This also was where I was like, oh, like, there are so many curb setups that are like Larry and Jeff pitching a show to a network. It was weird to see in this context. Yeah, and then they, they you know, when they, they go to meet the head of the network because it's a new head of the network, and uh, and it's it's you know New York Jewish King star of Crossing Delancey himself, Peter Rieger, who was also uh, in Animal House, local hero. The most recent season of Succession. Yeah, uh, he's a that guy for sure. He's uh, one of my favorite that guys, uh, with the hopes that one day he will appear, you know, as a, as an as you know all star. I don't know which ones it could be, but you know, he was one of the two. I believe he was one of the two dads in Dads. Oh, the show that had um, the a commercial that will haunt me for my entire life. You're talking Dads, like the Fox show, right, with Seth Green stuff. Yes, yes, where he was... Yeah, this is yeah. the show that like, Seth MacFarlane produced it, and like it was roundly hated by critics, so to advertise for it, they were basically did the, like, the critics hate this show, or whatever, and they did, like, a like man-on-the-street interviews with people who'd, like, watched, like, a screening, and I will never forget this guy who goes, Offensive? This is Fox, baby! And... <laughs> yeah, a nightmarish is, is, person to consider. He is Seth Green... Uh, and uh, or he's, he's Seth Green's he father. Is Seth Green, and then he is Seth Green. He is Seth and Green. It's One a, of the weirdest thing about situation. Peter. Rieger Didn't you know that that, that was the thing Green. about dads? Is that it's Looper? <laughs> and then uh, Giovanni Ribisi's father was played by Martin Mull, which is weird because my father is also played by Martin Mull. <laughs> but they like the show, and they're like, "We're going to give you our private jet. You can go take it wherever you want to start writing." And they decided to go to Paris. I love the I love the consistent. This is the bad jet. This is where's where's the Ted Danson jet? Yeah, and it's like Ted's not even on the network anymore. They still give him the good jet. <laughs> Does this make Ted Danson count as an as you know all star? Probably not. <laughs> no, that has to happen naturally. Ted Danson yeah. doesn't appear. 
He's uh, not he there has other to, opportunities. I think. Yeah, he's we'll, not there to complain about his. Chance. What if the only Ted Danson shows we ever watch are CSI Cyber and Becker? You know, CSI people. Cyber. The people loved Becker. <laughs> the people loved Becker. My dad among those people. Or maybe one day Curb, if it ever actually ends. Um, but yeah. So they, they. Well, you know, they they argue about where to go, uh, and and they think you know like. What they're like, we could go to. Well, Kramer immediately is like Japan. Let's go to Japan because Kramer's a weeb, you know. Yeah. They're Kramer like, wants to go start importing uh, anime DVDs for the American market. Start a whole new business. Somebody wants to go to Russia. <laughs> Lane. They, they, Lane. they have an argument about whether or not it's bleak. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely bleak. It's springtime. Uh, <laughs> when you're bleak, you're bleak. <laughs> when you're bleak, you're bleak. Then they want to go to Switzerland. They're like, it's a bit hilly. <laughs> and then they yeah. tell George he, he's not going to be climbing any hills. <laughs> He'll go this, down the hill this and is, take a cab back. This is picking a restaurant with you three chuckleheads. Just like, what about this one? Ah! It's just like, uh, fuck it, okay. That is our most Seinfeld moment. Our single most Seinfeld moment is standing in front of Pizzeria Babu, like ready to murder one another <laughs> when it was oh all somebody else's so fault. mad. <laughs> That's our single most for for those <laughs> listening. What happened? Stephen and I were visiting Matt and Travis, and another friend wanted to go to a pizza spot. So we're like, "Cool, okay, I guess we'll go there." And we went to the pizza spot, and they basically laughed at us when we asked for a table for five. Yeah, can we get a table for five? Huh? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> and then outside, Matt has revealed that he knew this was going to happen. While Stephen is then ready to attack Matt for not bringing this up at any point before, yeah, not being like, not being like, this will definitely happen. He's like, I always say that, and you always want to do it anyway. And he's like, but you can't just let me do it. All of this is happening, and we finally just go to a spot where we can just get a beer with his friend, who then reveals he has to leave in like fifteen minutes. <laughs> Wasn't there something crazy in the front of that place? That was the guy doing nunchucks. That was the nunchucks. That was not very Seinfeldian that that happened. That just was there. <laughs> there was just a guy outside with nunchucks as you guys were getting the car, and Matt and I were losing our mind. Yeah, and I you see them. a dude on the street with nunchaku, you're like, holy shit. Uh, something I, I should have mentioned earlier: uh, you get an almost hug in this, <laughs> which. I suspect was an intentional reference to the classic Seinfeld rule of writing no hugging, no learning. <laughs> uh, because they get really close and then they don't do it. Mm-hmm. I want to put that up in like a classroom as if it was clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> no hugging, no learning, can't lose. No hugging, no learning. I'm, I'm just painting that above a doorway or something like that. Anyway, they get on their private plane to Paris, and yeah, like we said, George complaining about the plane the whole time, because uh, he thinks it's shoddy, even though he's getting a fucking private jet, and Kramer has been doing this thing where he went to the beach and he got water in his ear, so he starts jumping around. This Kramer is awful in this episode. Uh, not, not a great use of Kramer, I feel, uh, and then he stumbles into the cockpit, and the plane starts to go down, and we kind of get a, an almost famous moment or whatever. Uh, oh, this is two years before that, even where they then start to reveal their secrets, which is is George cheated at the contest? Yes, yeah, yes. I love that. Is like the thing he has to get off in his his deathbed confession. I also like I also like that he asks him why, and he goes because I'm a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> it is good that that is 
<laughs> just the logic. There's no he, just, he couldn't lose. Uh, you that one you get, Some I, people are just cheaters. All the Jerry and Elaine uh, relationship stuff that like they shoehorn in in a funny way. Yeah. Uh, after it being brought up in the NBC meeting earlier in the yeah. episode, uh, very funny. That I love that part of the meeting. Yeah. The uh, maybe they don't get together. Uh, we don't do the show. Ah, they get together. <laughs> uh, also, just them being like, we love this Kramer guy. He's he's so funny. And the George just seething. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's so funny. Yeah. yeah and then as the, the plane Elaine is dipping. Love you. Well, we don't know that. We don't know. Yeah. She says, That's Jerry, true. there's something I have to tell you. I love United Airlines. Yeah. <laughs> I always... <laughs> So it's fine, but they've got to land in Latham, Massachusetts and repair the plane. Not uh, a real place. I always check. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're like, you guys go. Oh, yeah. There had also been a recurring thing earlier. I forgot dur- earlier where Elaine uh, is trying to check in on a friend whose father is ill and they chastise her for using a cell phone to make the call because the reception isn't good yet. And so it's yeah. actually rude. You should do it. From this home. is a, it's an interesting a ongoing weirdly bit. 1998 bit. And oh, then, but also, yeah, I did want to mention a, a, an ongoing bit. Well, a, a callback-ish thing that I didn't even realize was that at the beginning of the episodes, George complains that he's never going to get his fifteen minutes of fame, and like this is sort of his just dessert <laughs> mm. for that. I didn't actually realize yeah. it until I was yeah, sort of going back through the plot. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's been all these these, salt, these phone etiquette things. Like Elaine was then like, maybe I'll call her from the plane, and they're like, don't make a plane phone call. Whatever. Big Matt energy and all of these things. Yeah. Uh, yada, yada, yada. What happens next? They, they, they land in Latham. They're, they're, they go get lunch while they wait for the plane to be repaired. And then they witness uh, an obese man getting robbed and film it and crack jokes at him. And like one of the more outwardly mean-spirited things, uh, which is really saying something <laughs> in Seinfeld history. I'm really glad that this became the rest of the episode because if they were just going to do a bit where they watched a fat man get robbed and made fun of him and then move on, I was going to be pretty upset. Like I was like, I was like, yeah. what is happening? <laughs> like, oh my god, Kramer with the fucking camcorder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're like, they're like, they're like, oh. Uh, he's probably doing him a favor because he was less money for food. This is yeah. what it's about. What this is? This show is just about, uh, or this episode is just about uh, when New Yorkers leave New York. That's all. This yeah. is. <laughs> That's how they oh, sound everyone. Jesus. Uh, it's, it's honestly a less fun interpretation of when New Yorkers leave New York than the Cleveland episode of Thirty Rock. Yeah, this is the Cleveland episode of Thirty Rock is great. It's great. Uh, but yeah, we'll go to they, our favorites. They are soon arrested for violating a brand new Good Samaritan law that says you have to intervene or do something <laughs> to help if you witness crime like this uh, and that the they really minimum penalty is an $85,000 fine. <laughs> and and five, years five, five years in prison. They really took the whole, um, yeah, it's like Da Vinci or something like that, the whole like he who does not punish evil um, uh, commands it be done thing. Like that. Let's build the law around that. Yeah. Which uh, is fun. So they get arrested, and you know, they then they got to hire a lawyer, and so they of course get their first well, recurring character to be brought. Oh, I guess we'd had, we'd seen Newman earlier too, and he had yeah. wished, uh, you know, he was he like begged. it'll all coming be coming down on you soon, Jerry. Like maniacal yeah, well, laughing, crumbling. It's because he was begging to go to Paris because he's got a was it like a sick aunt is what he said. He's like I'm one quarter seat. French, you know, and yeah, he was basically described a relative who like has ALS 
that he like yeah. needs to go see, but really he just wanted to go to Paris because yeah. And then when they're like, "No, we're not bringing, I'm not bringing you," he said, "You will rue the day." Yeah, like it will uh, crumble like ashes in your mouth. Yada yada. Yeah. Um, and and then uh, the the thing that happens though is that um, you know, they they need to go get a lawyer because well, they're like, ah, I mean, it would. What's really going to happen? They don't really, you know, they they weren't expecting that James Reborn would be on the other side, and he's got his fucking knives out for these guys. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so they get Jackie Childs. Do you recognize James Reborn? The, was he the judge? No, he was the the uh, prosecutor. Uh, pro- the prosecutor. No, I yeah, didn't okay. I he's him. he's oh, you know why he didn't recognize him? Yeah, you know why he didn't recognize Independence him? Day because <laughs> you still haven't watched <laughs> Independence Day. You sick fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like, "Where?" You haven't watched it in the from? past forty-eight hours since since we. <laughs> no, but I, I did this. watch a movie on Ian's Flex yesterday, and the bumper I got was though, "If Travis is this of you, uh, why aren't you watching Independence Day?" Or like, oh, "You better be watching Independence Day." <laughs> thing. Uh, but I watched the worst person in the world instead. And then uh, you were like, 3.5 out of five. Mm-hmm. Wasn't for me. Too long. And you could be watching Independence Day, and you could see James Reborn beat just like a fucking slime ball, and you could be like, "Man, fuck that guy!" And then you learn he went to Wittenberg, and then you'd be like, "Extra fuck, fuck that, that guy." guy. <laughs> Scots. Anyway, they call Jackie Childs uh, the Johnny Cochran parody character. That's very yeah, of very this much era. So. Like, does anyone like dude? Modern he's audiences definite, who are watching this on Netflix know who Johnny Cochran is. I guess there was the OJ. Yes, everyone knows who Johnny Cochran is. Come on. The only greater cultural artifact was if they had had a Judge Lance Ito character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, instead who? they wonder that was the judge, the judge on the case. The OJ case. Oh, yeah. okay. Who was also widely mo- parodied in the era there were the dancing itos on leno there was a whole a whole thing um it said they get judge arthur vandalay which is a good good bit because as we all know art vandalay is george's go-to alias another important thing art vandalay uh, just as a character because uh it's the reason i feel like art vandalay is the reason why matt and steven and i once came up with just like a list of names you gotta have a list of names available to you. Rugby Winters, a name I still use all the time. Right? Yeah, it's great because then, like, people ask for your name. I don't want to give a business. Never give a business your name. If you take anything away from anything I ever say, that's yeah. the key piece of advice. Never give a business your name. So give them something like Parbez Wector. <laughs> okay. So they're on trial now, and the prosecution starts bringing in, uh, you know, character witnesses basically to testify against them. Which is it's, interesting. It's, it's really interesting that they do this after a clip show. Like they showed a clip show, and then yeah, they were like, "Let's we show you all of the clips again." Yeah, yeah so we, we we had that conversation already. Uh, the the Roll thing, the, I, <laughs> a, the thing with it is that it is very much them being like, "This is the first time this case is happening." We got to knock it out of the park, or people are being tried for this. You know, it's on Geraldo uh, for some reason. Not yeah, a lot of Geraldo. Way more than I do. Love, then there's the shots of like all of the recurring characters getting into their cars and like descending upon Massachusetts. We see David Putty. We see Kenny Banyo. We see Mickey. Uncle uh, Leo. Uncle Leo gets out of there. Yeah, you know, Morton Estelle and Frank and or is Estelle? I just forget if Estelle is. Jerry's remember. mom or George's mom, um, but whatever. The Costanzas and the Seinfelds, they're all going for the trial of the century. Uh, Newman the first is ever. there, yeah, excited. Of course, to... Newman's there, he brings popcorn or whatever. And then we just get a parade of people that have been wronged by them in classic episodes, starting with uh, the Marble Rye Lady. <laughs> you know, you got the great clip. Shut <laughs> up, you old bag. It's definitely <laughs> an all timer. Listen, listen, why wouldn't I would? St- you you got to steal Marble Rye. It was the last one. 
It was the last one. I'm just not really. That's also the one where they're then like shouting about the uh, the babka, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. When they're in the bakery, because when I made babka a couple weeks ago, I I kept shouting about sediment takes a backseat to no one. <laughs> there was no one in my apartment while I was doing this. Some people ate it later, and I said yeah. it. But while I was making it, I also You're said practicing that. saying it. We've got the Marlboro lady. We have this. Uh, uh, person I talked about earlier who they gave the used wheelchair to or whatever. Uh, I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember that episode. We get uh, Terry Hatcher, of course, as Sidra of their real and their spectacular fame who talks about when they sent Elaine into <laughs> into the showers <laughs> of the gym to pretend to trip and fall and touch her breasts to confirm if they're real or fake. Uh, well, by listen. the way, Terry Hatcher, not even the only desperate housewife that played a Seinfeld girlfriend because Marsha Cross did that too. In a wow. later episode. What a distinction. What what a distinction. Yeah. Who else do we get? The Bubble Boy. Philip, um, sorry, Philip Baker um, Hall is incredible yeah. as Lieutenant Bookman. Yeah, you get Philip Baker Hall. <laughs> yeah. Who for a second I was like, don't say Don, don't say Joe Don Baker, don't say Joe Don yeah. Baker. It's Philip Baker Hall. I always do that. How, I was like, how has he never appeared? On His delivery when they're like, what do you call, he had a library book overdue for 25 years. You know, at that point, <laughs> it's, yeah. We call them criminals. <laughs> <laughs> the best. What a perfect uh, guy to get. He also shows up in Curb as a uh, doctor at some point who Larry has a beef with because he keeps calling him at home. They get Steinbrenner? <laughs> yes, they get George yeah. Steinbrenner, voiced by Larry David himself. And <laughs> One of the highlights. Yeah. Just <laughs> Frank yells at him for spending so much money on Hideki Yakaro. Uh, like, which which I, la- I laughed out loud at that. Uh, that is truly sports brain in that moment. Like I don't it's even like, know the reference. Like I don't know if that's a real player even. Uh, just just made me think of you know. I follow a number of Philly sports fans, and I feel like this is what they would all do if they were <laughs> given the chance. Oh yeah, if they ran into any GM of any team that they have, it's the yeah. The, unlike Aguilar, <laughs> Jerry Stiller is also the best uh, at like I am just yelling a punchline. And like making it work, yeah. He's so quite back good, and forth yelling at that. about w- who whether or not it was uh, because George was coddled as a baby. Yeah, <laughs> you coddled him. <laughs> I did not. Oh, uh, uh, George telling his parents that the pilot got picked up, and his mom immediately being like, "Well, what if it's not successful? I didn't know you were a writer. You can write. I've never, I've never seen, seen you, write. you write anything. <laughs> <laughs> like all of that was delightful to me." And then, obvi- of course, the biggest highlight is when they suffle, summon uh, Yad Kassem. Is that Yav Kassem? Whatever his name is. And it's and they're like, who the hell is that? And it's, of course, the soup Nazi. Uh, <laughs> the most iconic one-shot character in Seinfeld history, probably. One thing, and, and I, I think, you know, the, the, this is jumping out a little bit, but I do like that... You know, you you have the parade of all of the people they've wronged. You know, everyone in the in the room turning on them as they see what monsters these people are. Jackie looking over every now and then and being like, you know, when he's like, "You got a nickname for everyone." <laughs> uh, but uh, I like though. Then you would see these people around town in some of the other shots, and you're like, "Oh, these people are also monsters." Yeah, I mean, the soup Nazi is a lunatic <laughs> character. <laughs> also, love the just the joke that the soup Nazi had to go to Argentina as. <laughs> I was waiting for them to really <laughs> hammer that home on that No, one. just a, just a little something sprinkle. Else. Yeah. Because I, I thought that she was just going to like lean over and go, Argentina. But instead, mm-hmm. she was like saying something else in that moment. Yeah. But yes. <laughs> no more soup for you. I got to make that soup sometime. 
Yeah, like that's that's such a great sadistic Elaine moment. <laughs> like, <sighs> yeah, we did also we skipped over uh, uh, Jackie Childs, you know, prepping them beforehand with like by how they look or what they should be wearing. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> just, and just like, <laughs> also his. We we skipped the whole Georgia. big explanation about creating the guilty bystander. Oh yeah, the the. Thing that the I mean, opening statements. Yeah, like, the opening statement where it's just like the whole concept of bystanding is. And have you ever heard about guilty bystander? Yeah, all that. That one's also weird to watch and be like, this is really a thing in in U.S. In the U.S. legal system though. Like that, the just the opening statements. I like the theater of it is so. Like that's it. That's kind of insane that that's how our justice it's works, it's right? not yeah. it's not it's not it's not how our justice i mean nobody does that you make your not opening statements extreme. you make your opening statements from behind a table you don't go out and like in front of the you, jury you, if you cross witness you'll stand in front of the witness sometimes but if you're if you're doing an opening statement it's very like plainly said from behind the table that you're sitting at with your with your client were you guys were you guys around? Did I did I talk about on the podcast like cracking myself up over the idea of a person with the job judge? <laughs> oh, like <laughs> the judge is gonna decide if I did it or not. That's so <laughs> fucking goofy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the judge. It's the judge. Oh, this is just a guy. He's, He's the judge. Just a guy with a little hammer <laughs> and a robe. I also like the idea of, of uh, like, obviously this wouldn't happen because all judges are ancient, but going on a date and being like, oh, what do you do? I'm a judge. I'm a judge. I'm, uh, I judge. I bet judge. one of those TV shows, like, what is it, Judging Amy? I bet that has, like, oh, boy, it's hard to date as a judge. We <laughs> <laughs> got to watch one of those ones. That's the next step. And that's podcast. I think, let's see, Judging Amy. I know that name. Oh, uh, we can't do Judging Amy because it's still on. No, no, I don't know what we would do. Amy Brenneman's already been in two shows. I don't know what we'd do we if she do appeared more. in third. Uh, she, of course, was uh, the be, judge. That would be, uh, you know, uh, I think the th- show at ran that for point s- you become, uh, as you know, MVP. This show ran for six seasons. And it had, as you know, player of the year. It had Dan Futterman on it. Uh, he was uh, in the birdcage. Mm-hmm. He's the, That's uh, unfortunate. Yeah. What? Wait. Wouldn't want that what? to happen to me. Oh. Um, uh, a Marcus Giamatti, who, yes, is Paul Giamatti's brother. Oh, so oh. I can only imagine what a sad sack that man looks like. <laughs> He's just like well, really hot knows. or something. Oh, like, God. Yes. It is a sadder version of Paul Giamatti. Also, <laughs> no. I totally recognize this guy. What have I seen this guy on? Okay. Because I'm, I'm sorry. I'm getting tired. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Uh, we got, yeah. I was as I was saying, Jackie berates them for what they're wearing, uh, or specifically also getting at Jerry for like laughing. He's like, "Don't laugh at their funny man." Like, you know, you'll be less sympathetic for that. And then, you know, uh, Elaine's like, "How do I look?" And he's like, "You look great." <laughs> you know, always <laughs> telling uh, Kramer that he has like an energy. <laughs> yeah, getting yeah get, yeah getting on George for not wearing the cardigan because the cardigan he thinks makes him look old, but makes him sympathetic to the jury. So yeah, we get the parade of people. Uh, we went over that, and then the next day, uh, do we see Jackie Charles in bed with Sidra? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Talking about like, yeah, they're probably. And he's take like days to determine this. <laughs> then gets a phone call and it's like, they're ready. <laughs> oh. Well. Sidra sounds like a villain. 
like Sidra uh, just as a name, who's, yeah. Who's yeah. terrorizing the town? It's Sidra. <laughs> Sidra. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the weirder like that is that it had to be someone knew someone with that name or something. It's such a weird one to come up with. We oh. get like a somber version of the theme song like on a cello playing. <laughs> Do you guys notice second. that? It's like <laughs> Which woman is so Happy Gilmore's grandma slash Mrs. Chalfont is in this, right? <laughs> Yes. Mrs. Chalfont, what was that from again? Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. Okay. Is she the marbled rye woman? Yes. Oh, is she the marbled? Okay, she's the yes. marbled rye. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, and the jury, after not much deliberation, has declared them extremely guilty of their crimes of... I mean, also, being they were assholes. on video being assholes to this yeah. guy and mocking him and not helping. Uh, and they're sentenced to one year in prison, which Kramer <laughs> thinks won't be that bad. And they're just wisecracking in in uh, in the cell. I did. Uh, yeah. I did. Kramer's I like, did. we could put on a show, which is like Paddington too. I a bit that I liked. It's like a lot of things. A bit that I liked was them doing their Seinfeld thing about being in prison, where like <laughs> like inst- like the things that they're like, ah, oh, yeah, we're gonna have to ration our milk. I I'm used to three quarters milk, and now I can barely it barely reaches the top of the cereal. Like, oh, do we have to wear a uniform? I hope it's not those orange ones. Like they're just they're still complaining about every tiny little thing, but <laughs> mm-hmm. actually, it's just about jail now. <laughs> also, just like, the moment when it's announced, and it's just the. <laughs> It's, it's George's parents. We have to beat the rush. We have to leave and beat the rush. That's a good yeah, buddy, buddy, tell away from me. All right. <laughs> I just, I just don't understand why you would be disappointed in, or why you, why you would like take issue with this and be polarized by this. Matt, when one person like that, doesn't get polarized, it's that the fan base was polarized. Matt, about it. Matt, I, I'm they so handled that well. I think this is a fun way for this end. I'm I guess so I'm delighted on one for you. The, of the spectrum. God, this is how we know you really don't play video games is that you were just like, what's the deal with these toxic fandoms? I don't even think it's toxic. I'm just like, I, what were they supposed to do? What they were supposed to do is, um, I, I loathe to reference this person, but, um, so I will instead say Hatsune Miku, the author of the Harry Potter series, of course, uh, when she guested on the Simpsons, when they went to England in that one episode, and Lisa meets her and asks what happens because I think it's before even the last book comes out. Oh, yeah. And Hatsune just sighs and then is like, Harry grows up and marries you. Is that <laughs> what you want to hear? Because <laughs> that's that's what the answer is always. Yeah, that was yeah. the last good thing she ever did. Um, Hatsune Miku? No, she would go on to make <laughs> Minecraft after that. So, yeah, some people were very bothered by this. Uh, I kind of agree with Ian. This is a great idea for how to end a show. Yeah. Just put them in fucking No, it's a, it's a really, like, the execution had good parts and bad parts, but sure. as far as... Conceptually, the, it's great. As far as the concept, spectacular. Yeah. It's con- the also, concept, like, and it is, it, it's also getting fan service in there, too. Like, yeah. 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 Well, it's a There's, great concept for getting in fan service. Yeah. Like, it's a great vehicle to do those sorts of things. I'm sorry that I'm yawning. It's really late. Yeah, it's it's just funnier well, to have it be the thing where they're just like, so how do we want to bring back all of these characters? And it's like, well, we're going to have them, every person they've ever wronged. <laughs> like, uh, the oh, one, It's definitely not the, everyone. Uh, well, this is the critique I have with one of the jokes, is that uh, they later list... Because they're talking about all the things, and I think Geraldo, or uh, it's the reporter on, on Geraldo, lists the people who testified, 
And I wish instead of listing everyone that we had just seen testify, they just list a bunch of other people that they couldn't yeah, fit yeah. into the episode. That would that be they very had done. funny. Yeah. Just like keep going and like Geraldo, you know, just like hearing all of those ones instead. The Junior just, like, Mint what guy. we just saw. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any number. The Jimmy. Of. Oh, I forgot that like, we got Susan's parents in there to talk about George <sighs> celebrating that she died. Uh, her is barely a strange jubilation. The darkest moment <laughs> in the series history. What, what about Susan's dad buying a gun <laughs> in this finale? Um, is it? Okay. I'm, it's, it's been a long time. Is it Susan's dad? No. Is it Jerry? Whose dad had the letters with John Cheever? It's Susan's dad. Susan's dad. Okay. It is Susan's dad. I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, if the it was Cheever letters else. is such a good episode. <laughs> he was a beautiful man. <laughs> Whatever. He shouts at him. Yeah, that one. That one has always stayed with me. <laughs> Just also for an idea for like, that in like a mainstream sitcom. Yeah. Never to like <laughs> I was going to say, because that was the thing where like years later I would read Cheever for a class. And I think it was like, oh, the Seinfeld you, some of you might know him from the Seinfeld episode. <laughs> we didn't get any Jay Peterman in these episodes. Oh, sorely missed. I thought we did see him. He might have. Maybe he showed up at the trial. But he didn't He didn't speak. Yes, he did. We, he didn't come, really we do see him come out of his apartment because I remember because my long-suffering partner has never watched Seinfeld, so everyone that was coming out was like, all right, that's Jerry's rival comedian. That's Elaine's boss. That dwarf guy is like Kramer's friend who yeah. does schemes with him. Uh, <laughs> I remember know. the part, the part where, they just, where they are doing... It's just... This is also a good thing to do with sitcoms because you can do all sorts of outrageous plots, and then you, they'll have that moment where they're just like, you're telling me that Cosmo Kramer was your pimp? Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah. It's just like, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Seinfeld. The most acclaimed a sitcom delight. of all time. I wish we would have gotten some of the better ones, but I still had a fun time watching it, even if I watched it in silence. Yeah. And we got to see clips of the best shit anyway. Like, you know. I disagree about it being the best shit. But, but. A, some premium tier shit. Yes. Um, yep, that's Seinfeld, a show that we've done the best and most thorough uh, analysis of out of any podcast ever. Don't look for any other podcast. No one else has done one. It's a little known show. Not many people. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking giving about it a little signal boost, the as you know bump. Yeah, I mean, we only found out about it because it came up in that episode of... Um, King of the Hill that we covered, and then we were like, "Damn, what's this show?" <laughs> you know, that's what yeah, we what said a, at the a, start. What an era-specific reference. So, uh, it's Steven's turn. Steven. Oh, we're going there, huh? <laughs> I don't like him saying that before he's announced his pick. Well, here's the thing about me: is that about two minutes ago you remembered you had to do this? Oh, you're very close. Uh, Two seconds ago, you remember you had to do this. That's when? closer. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, okay. I've got about two minutes before they bring up the fact that it's my pick, and it and was actually Travis only about it was actually only it. about ten seconds uh, <laughs> before you brought up that it, it was my pick, which is a huge bummer for me. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yes. Can we get just like a one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, whatever this is about to be. <laughs> this is going to be a disappointment. There's no way it's that good. It's going to be a show that's like perfectly fine. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, He's going to pick a show I've seen every episode of. I'd be disappointed. In two weeks, we are going to watch a show that Ian, I believe, has seen every episode of. Oh, boy. Uh, and that show is... this is, a real thing, or is that because and I that said that? that show is Wife Swap. <laughs> Why are we doing this again? <laughs> I, I can I can Life's take fun. longer. I can take longer. And wait, what are we doing again? What is this? This isn't like any. He show just we've thought seen. he no, was really it, hoping we were done with reality shows for a while. Yeah, <laughs> I thought we were taking a break from non-narrative television. Oh, they're narratives, baby. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna say, Stephen, you can't get mad at Matt because you and uh, Matt no, will my, do these my things. My next pick will be fun. <laughs> Okay, yeah, but no, it's just like Steven was just like, God damn you, Matt, we made us watch Storm Chasers. And then two yeah, weeks later, yeah, it's like, yeah. we're going to watch Wife Swap. <laughs> yes. okay, like, Wife oh. Swap is going to be way more interesting than Storm Chasers. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> They're all going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. We'll watch Alias. <laughs> I almost picked Alias this week, but we're doing Wife Swap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm too late. Al- alias. <laughs> too late. We're doing Wife uh, Swap. Okay. <laughs> You yeah, picked Wife Swap. That's the one you want to do. I'm gonna let, we can get mad about it. I'm just saying you can't get mad at Matt later when Matt makes a sicko pick because you picked Wife Swap. A depraved choice. <laughs> it's pretty depraved. <laughs> Season two. Out <laughs> <laughs> uh, idea. So we're going to talk about Wife Swap. Uh, oh, put me goodness. on the, the clock, I yeah, guess. Yeah, Sure. I don't know. I, I, I don't know much about it. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I'm watching the Clint Eastwood directing <laughs> style there. Yeah, go on ahead now. Uh, wife Swap is Did you put show. 30 seconds on the clock, Trey? I'm I guess. I don't know. He just said, go ahead I'm now. watching a clock. God, you're so bad at this part. Uh, yeah, Wife Swap's a show that I think it, it's about uh, households where they swap the wives I think it's in that grand tradition of American shows that were actually a British show first that ran for like 12 episodes, and then we turned that into like 350. <laughs> I have no idea what network it aired on. I know that Balloon Boy's family was on it f- for one episode. Uh, time. Can't wait. I've seen some of it in a hotel in Nashville, Tennessee. Fucking wow. That sounds terrible. Yeah, the whole experience is not great. Wife swap addicted to the shin. I'm Ah. Ian Benson. I'm signing off with my name again. (laughs) I'm Ian Benson. There's Travis Marmon and Matt Siani. (laughs) And uh, our our wonderful producer, Matt Isiani, who does wonderful work week in, week out. And Stephen Dowden, who I will see in hell. (laughs) All right, Stephen, take us home. It says, it says, moops. (laughs) Picking <laughs> a line there that's from the clip part is funny. There was nothing funnier. Ugh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wife swap. <laughs>